Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Okay, so I want to talk cookware for a second because I haven't told you guys about this company and I recently tried their products and I fully understand the hype now. So they're called Great Jones and they make really high quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that also happens to be beautiful. Like I know it's kind of a weird way to describe cookware, but you'll see what I mean when you go on the website. In terms of colors, they have your classic black and white, but they also have pinks, greens, yellows, blues, just like really vibrant, fun colors. And everything is non-toxic. So they have, you know, Dutch oven, ceramic dishes, non-stick sheet pans. Everything is non-toxic to me. That's huge. And we all know, like I'm not the biggest cook, but I have my staples. And I got originally from them the Fry Family, which is the eight and 10 inch ceramic nonstick pans. And they're just great. I got them in the white because that matches the best with my kitchen. I love cooking on them. And I also, I know, again, it sounds kind of weird, but I love the way they look in my kitchen. And the thing is, once you get these, you're going to want to get them for your friends. So they make incredible gifts for weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays, whatever occasion you need. It's a great gift. Upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code CBC. That's greatjones.com, promo code CBC. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Anne. (laughs) Julie, why is everything happening at once? There is so much going on. I don't know, but I am so grateful that there is. Yeah, holy shit, you guys. I know your heads were spinning yesterday because I, for one, felt like I was on a revolving door. I'm sure you did as well. Like a little bit of whiplash. Yeah, totally a little bit of whiplash. Okay, there are one million things to get into, but just immediately for starters, before we even get into anything else, in order to be able to have any sort of cohesive conversation, we need to discuss Kim's Instagram. When she was talking about how she has so much cute content with Pete and she like wants to be chill about it and not post it. And we were like, do not be chill. Give us everything. This is the content that we wanted. Right. Like, first of all, you absolutely do not need to do us any favors because we want the least chill version of you that exists. First of all, second of all, 
you're just scrolling through your phone. You're not expecting that it's going to be a Kim Kardashian Instagram and a silver latex dress, basically hooking up with Pete Davidson in the John and Vinny's booth. Like that is a lot for a Monday. And I just want us to, you know, take a moment to remember how we felt when that first came across our screens. If there's one thing I'm sure of, I will never forget how I felt when that came across my Insta. I mean, she's leaning into it, you know? It's so nice to see her leaning into it because I feel like the first couple months of the relationship were kind of what we were going through, which was like a general sense of like, what is going on here? And now that the dust is starting to settle for all of us, you can kind of see the dust starting to settle for her too. Like she's more willing to talk about it. Obviously, yes, that is associated to the press around the show, but she's not keeping any secrets here. She's clearly more willing to post about it. She's clearly more willing to post Saint running around True's birthday party in a Staten Island hat. We are really seeing this relationship go from the stage of like that brand new honeymoon stage to like, okay, we're like really dating. No, I mean, this is happening. Like if any of us had any sort of residual doubt as to the seriousness of this relationship, I feel like it has definitely been resolved recently. And in the Kardashian recap, we will get into it all. Like we will talk about some of the content we saw from the premiere and the dynamics we observed there. They're doing a lot of press. And in these interviews, she's made references and even sort of subtle nods to just clearly how she's feeling about him. So we will talk about it all. Don't worry. But wow, that was a lot for a Monday. And it was it was all we could have asked for. All we could have asked for. Also, I guess if we're just tracking this relationship as it applies to Instagram, technically the photos that she posted when they were in New York of her in the silver the night they went to Lilia, that I guess could be considered the soft launch. And this was more the hard launch, right? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, two slides of him tucked in a roundup is a little bit of a softer launch. I think it was still harder than what we were expecting. I think when we had theorized what we thought was going to happen, we had spoken about like maybe his reflection in a photo or maybe like him in the corner of one of the Bahamas shoots. So I think that getting him full two slides in a roundup was a little bit more, but I mean, this was it. Two slides, just him, not hidden, not tucked away. So yeah, definitely the official hard launch, I would say which think about it, since our initial understanding of this relationship, which was back in October 2021, we were wondering how this was going to come, in what form, when. So let the record books show April 11th, 2022 was the official hard launch and it came in the form of a post-premiere John and Vinny's, which by the way, like I couldn't have written that better. If I was John and Vinny's, I would change our slogan to John and Vinny's, the official place of hard launches for relationships everywhere. By the way, send them that. Also, Pete Davidson and Carbs is one of the greatest collabs of all time because let's not forget the soft launch was the pictures outside Lilia. Oh, I did not forget. And then did you see, I know Jonathan Shevin commented this also, but the night of the premiere, they were, they were at that big dinner and Jonathan posted the whole table and wrote like, the guy can order, which... It's such a small little moment, but don't you love that insight of thinking they walk in, they sit down, and Pete is the one that takes over and kind of orders for the entire table. Like that is a dynamic that I wouldn't have necessarily been aware of, but I do think that it adds just, I don't know, some humor and some harmless yet fun insight to the situation. And also what a great quality in a guy, a guy who can order for the table. That's a big one. 
Oh, totally. I mean, Pete Davidson aside, just in general, I've always found that to be an attractive quality in a guy. And to be clear, if I'm at a restaurant with a guy, he's not ordering for me. But if we're at this massive dinner and he wants to take charge, I like someone that knows what everyone would like and just knows they're going to get a little bit more than they need to just because they want everyone to be happy. Like To me, that is so synonymous with someone who just understands kind of how to work a room and to create joy in, in little moments. And I so appreciate that. Absolutely. If I brought my boyfriend out and he ordered for the table and everyone left the night being like, wow, what an amazing meal. I would be so proud. Right. I'd get home and I'd be like, I am more attracted to you than I was pre-dinner. Exactly. I'm too full to do anything about it, but I'm more attracted to you than pre-dinner. Right. Like, do not touch me. I just want to lay here and not be touched at all. But tomorrow morning, you got another thing coming for you. (laughs) Exactly. So just to recap yesterday for a second, obviously we are all absolutely losing it from this photo. Then throughout the day, various interviews of the family is coming out with little tidbits of information. In the middle of this whole thing, Tish and Billy Ray Cyrus file for divorce for the third time. And then a Britney Spears pregnancy announcement via an Instagram photo of a teacup. I mean, a lot for two girls to handle. (laughs) No? You saying via an Instagram of a teacup (laughs) just took me out. I mean, that is exactly what it was, which is why it was so much more shocking because you just see this photo. You don't think that it's going to be a pregnancy announcement. And then you're scrolling through and you're like, wait a second, you're having a kid. If you don't read every single caption of Britney Spears's in its entirety, you can miss so much information. Like I could have seen that teacup and just kept going, but I also could have taken the initiative to read the first couple lines and been like, oh, Brittany thought she had a food baby in Hawaii and then been like, that's as much information as I need and kept scrolling. If I didn't read the entire thing, we would have all missed both the pregnancy and the fact that she's going to start doing yoga every day. By the way, I know this is the least significant of the entire situation, but the photograph that she posted was from this photographer, Andrea McLean, and I went to her profile. She has about 11,000 followers. What a day to be her. I mean, that's really who yesterday's about. You wake up, someone commented this on our photo and it's so true. You wake up and realize that Britney Spears just announced her pregnancy to the world and she used your teacup photo to do so. I mean, that's going in her bio. That's got to go on her resume. That is, that's it. I mean, that, that's it. That's the American dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you tell them. <laughs> that's what Great Gatsby was about. <laughs> okay. Caption reads, I lost so much weight to go on my Maui trip only to gain it back. I thought, geez, what happened to my stomach? My husband said, no, you're food pregnant, silly. So I got a pregnancy test and oh, well, I'm having a baby. Four days later, I got a little more food pregnant. It's growing. If two are in there, I might just lose it. I obviously won't be going out as much due to the paps getting their money shot of me like they unfortunately already have. It's hard because when I was pregnant, I had perinatal depression. I have to say it's absolutely horrible. Women didn't talk about it back then. Some people considered it dangerous if a woman complained like that with the baby inside her. But now women talk about it every day. Thank Jesus we don't have to keep that pain a reserve proper secret. This time I will be doing yoga every day, spreading lots of joy and love. And then her fiance, she refers to him as her husband. I was under the impression that it was her fiance, but I don't know if that's a technical definition or just kind of you know, a a phrase used more lightly as a term of endearment, kind of like saying hubby or wifey. He posted a photo of three lions and wrote, marriage and kids are a natural part of a strong relationship filled with love and respect. Fatherhood is something I've always looked forward to and I don't take it lightly. It is the most important job I will ever do. So, I mean, it's happening, you know, in terms of their relationship, they've been together since January, 2017, and they got engaged in September of last year. So this is something Brittany has spoken about wanting 
before. Obviously, as we know, when she gave her statement during that hearing, she talked about basically having an IUD against her will and how that was not something she wanted. She had expressed to her father and her teen the desire to have a child. So in general, anytime a child is a blessing, but specifically when you know the context and what she kind of had to go through in terms of her own rights to even be able to conceive, I think it just makes this far more powerful. I mean, this is a really meaningful pregnancy, both because the forced IUD, which I think when we heard that testimony, that was one of the most shocking things that we heard, but also because the first time that Brittany had a baby with Sean Preston and then Jaden James so soon after, that was a media frenzy. Like she could not be left alone for one minute. And, you know, what she had gone through in terms of her depression, in terms of post and prenatal depression, really kind of set her on what the trajectory was going to be for the next couple of years, the next 13 years or so. And so for her to have hopefully the support now that she didn't have then and the control in her life and the resources and the access to getting that kind of help, I mean, it's kind of a really like almost a fresh start for her and to be able to do things on her own terms. Right, because in addition to the obvious joy of bringing a child into this world, which is something she's wanted for a long time, to then be able to maybe enjoy the process, which, I mean, previously was kind of a foreign thought to her. The entire time she was pregnant was filled with so much stress, just a constant attack on her as a mother before she even was one. So I really do think that this will be a completely different process. And I hope in some ways this process can actually provide a sense of healing to the trauma that she went through with the last one. I don't know. I just, I'm really happy for her. And as I know we all are. Yeah, me too. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. So I don't know if you guys suffer from allergies, but kind of a new development in my life is that I apparently do. I didn't used to, but in the last few years, I've noticed specifically as the seasons change that I start to have allergies. And to me, there is nothing more uncomfortable than that feeling of nasal congestion. Like you just don't feel like yourself. And I was really looking for something that worked because so much of this stuff doesn't work. And I found Astapro to be really helpful. So I think it could be for you too, if you deal with this kind of stuff. So Astapro is a first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24 hour over the counter allergy spray. And it starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24 hour steroid free allergy spray. And Astapro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. By the way, that 30 minutes thing is real. And for me to have relief in 30 minutes is just a game changer. Get fast acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. 
It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. I feel like there is no more perfect illustration as to the media whirlwind of the last week than to say, on Friday, when we find out that J-Lo and Ben Affleck were engaged, to me, that was it. I mean, that was the biggest story. Obviously, we've been speaking about them for so long. This is their second engagement. They are two of the most famous people in the entire world. Obviously, on a personal note, you guys know how I feel about Ben Affleck. So to me, I'm like, this is it. And then over the course of a few days, I guess just so many other things happened that it really fell down in the ranking in terms of the way that I feel the media was receiving the story, which is just a crazy thing to be a part of that clearly there is so much going on that Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck are engaged with a massive green diamond, which we will get into. And it's like, oh yeah, that happened. Can I ask you a question though? Because I do agree with you, but do you think that's a reflection of the other news stories of the week? Because when I look at this list, yeah, like, of course there are big ones. Britney pregnancy is huge. That compete photo took me out. But are they necessarily bigger than J-Lo and Ben being engaged again? Like, and I'm not saying that as a reflection of our feelings. I'm saying that as like, do you think it's that the news stories are bigger or that like people weren't overly excited when this news was announced in the first place? Okay, so to even answer that, I obviously have to separate my own personal reaction to the reaction that I saw of the public and of the media. And honestly, I don't know if this is accurate, but this is my gut reaction as you were talking. So the way that they announced this, of course, there were murmurs in the press, right? But the way that they actually announced it was that JLo posted a video to her Instagram that said, major announcement on the JLo.com, directing people to her website. And when you went to on the JLo.com and you put in your email address, <laughs> if you're a fucking loser like me, you did, it takes you then to a newsletter that is sent to your inbox. You click on that and it's a 13 second video with no words, just of her admiring the ring. So that's her announcement to her fans, right? And in it, you hear the words, you're perfect, which was the same intro to her song, Dear Ben from 2002. So that was the kind of formal announcement. And to me, I think that the way it came across is so branded and so inorganic, honestly contributed to the public's reaction because it wasn't like her posting an overjoyed photo of her and Ben. It was very clearly all tied into getting more subscribers to her newsletter. You know what I mean? And I, I just feel like the public never responds that well to that. Right. So that was my initial reaction as well. Just like I found the newsletter announcement to be a little strange. But let's not forget that a couple of days prior, we had seen paparazzi photos of her where it appeared that she was wearing an engagement ring. So we were kind of cued in and this was just the confirmation. So I do think that the strangeness about the announcement definitely contributed to overall feelings. I think maybe that combined with the fact that this is her sixth engagement and people tend to focus more on the jokes about the engagement rather than like the actual excitement of what's going on in the moment definitely played a role. And then the last thing is I think that honestly, when they first got back together, like all of the jokes and all of the tweets and all of the memes and all of the callbacks to 2002, like we almost exhausted those in the initial stage that when they got engaged, it was almost like inevitable. We were like, okay, so we'll do a callback to the pink diamond and we'll kind of move on from it. 
wait, holy fuck, we will come back to that in one second. Julie, Rihanna's on the cover of US Vogue. She just posted it. Hold oh. on. No, you're going to die. Wait, go to Evan Ross Katz's. <gasps> oh my wait, God. Wait, I'm losing it. Hold on. No, are you losing it? Annie Leibovitz. Annie Leibovitz. Holy shit. And this is, wait, this is May Vogue, which, I mean, that, that's Met Gala. Like, <gasps> yeah. Oh my God. Rihanna plus one. You know, it's funny. Somebody I saw a tweet recently that was like, I know that Rihanna's feeling this pregnancy look because never in her life has she given us this much content. Ever, right? This is not her typical. That's why it's so exciting. Wow, I cannot wait to read this also. I am so excited. I wonder when she's doing if that will interfere with the actual date of the Met Gala because we're still a month away. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, wow, I cannot wait to read that. Um. Anyway, back to our regular scheduled programming. Yes, I definitely think, and by the way, everything I'm about to say is not my personal feelings, but I think that it is potentially a fair analysis on the way it was received. Obviously, for me, I I can't get enough of it. I couldn't at the time. I still can't. I feel a very specific way about this couple. But I think it's an interesting concept that I would say the nostalgia of this rekindling was the most exciting and the most fun factor of it all. Yet, there was almost this weird shift and it kind of did a 180 where the nostalgia and the fact that we have been through it before perhaps lowered people's reactions, which it's not consistent with my feelings, but I think it's a good theory as any. I guess maybe nostalgia runs out. And now I'm kind of thinking about all of these shows that have made a comeback and the initial hype is there as soon as it's announced. Like everyone's so excited that their favorite show from the 90s or the early 2000s is making this comeback. And then when it comes time to actually being on, it kind of falls off a little bit. That's maybe how I feel about, not personally how I feel, but I think maybe how the internet is reacting to JLo and Ben is like, there was all this initial hype. And then once the hype wears off from the nostalgia, it kind of settles and the dust settles. For me, I don't feel that way. Like I always think that this is such a big deal and that this is such a big comeback story and that, I mean, I guess my personal feelings on it as I've kind of came to the decision a few weeks ago was like, maybe this is just how it was meant to be all along and this is why their other relationships didn't work out and they were always meant to find their way back to each other. And I think when you have that lens, when you're looking at that relationship, it changes like the entirety of it. I also think that with people... There's so much judgment in terms of the way that J-Lo approaches relationships and marriage and engagements. And I'm not saying, again, that I feel that way, but that obviously is there. And so I think that when you're viewing a J-Lo engagement and you've been through a pandemic where there's already been two J-Lo engagements, like, yeah, maybe the excitement for you as a fan or a viewer, as a lover of pop culture, isn't necessarily as there as it would be for somebody else. Right. And I so get that. I I do. Just I think that these are the moments when I like celebrate naivety. Let me be excited and then maybe I'll be disappointed. I'd rather just not be jaded because how much more fun is it to be excited, you know? Oh my God. So much more fun. Were you expecting this? I know that we had just spoken about them buying the $50 million house in Bel Air together. And we had had that conversation where we were like, you know, maybe this is in place of an engagement ring for now. Like we know they're probably ready, but they're going to take it a little bit slower based on their past. And so the house kind of gets to be representative of that. 
Were you expecting uh, Ring to come so soon after that? Or did you think it was going to be a little bit longer still? <laughs> I'm laughing because as you said that, I was brought back to the recording of that episode. Do you remember what day that was? When we were in the hotel? Yeah, you guys didn't know this at the time, but Julie and I were in a hotel room and we typically obviously record virtually. We don't record in the same room. We haven't since we've been in the studio. And so we didn't have the setup for it. Our mics were picking up and I ended up, the only way it would work is I wedged myself. I sat on the floor and I wedged myself between the wall and the bed. There was no more than a foot. It was so tight. And I built like a pillow fort and I was profusely sweating. I don't think, I listened back to the episode. I don't think that you can hear like just how uncomfortable I was, but I, it was, remember I, because we were in the same room, I could hear you first. And then I heard you in my headphones and wow, you just really took me back to that recording process. I would say that that was the most painful we have ever done ever, at least for myself in terms of like my back. Yeah, no, that was bad. And I know you couldn't tell because I didn't realize how bad it was until we finished and you stood up and you were like, I've never heard you like that. I was like, what trauma did I just put you through? I was like, I would have switched. I would have squeezed. I promise I would have never made you go through that. No, I know. Well, the reason that it was me, not you, is because I felt more confident in my ability to not move the mic than yours. Right. That's fair. We were screwed regardless, you know? Oh my God. What a time that was. I had completely forgotten. But you're right. Now that you're saying it, I can like fully picture it. Yeah. Wow. 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 Okay. Anyway. I I don't really think I knew what I felt. Like it was kind of just riding the wave. I wasn't really thinking about it. I think when we recorded that episode, I said I could see it going either way. You know, in my view, I guess I thought maybe they would wait a little bit longer. But then again, that's never really been their style. And by the way, in case anybody didn't see this ring, it's an eight and a half carat emerald cut natural green diamond estimated somewhere between five and $10 million if it actually is indeed a true green diamond. So that's something. No, because listen- On anybody else, a natural green diamond estimated at as much as $10 million, like I would be losing it. I would think that was the craziest thing in the entire world. And on some level I do. He really outdid himself from the the pink one. But with J-Lo and the association with green and the green dress, a green diamond is very much giving extreme makeover home edition to me. (laughs) <laughs> right. It's like you casually mentioned to Ty Pennington once that you like fish and you walk in any rooms in aquarium. So I, I get that. And also, you guys may not know this if you're not subscribed to the On the JLo newsletter, but if you are, you would know that in a previous newsletter, she spoke about the color green saying, quote, I've realized there are many moments in my life where amazing things happened when I was wearing green. Maybe you can remember a certain green dress, obviously a nod to the Versace. So I understand how you got there. Hey, that's how Ben got there. Right. <laughs> exactly. I mean, listen, nothing if not consistent. I wish you said the on the J low better. Like you're not putting the emphasis on the low to make it like on the down low. Like I, you're not saying the newsletter the way she wants you to say it. On the okay, J low newsletter. On the J low. <laughs> yeah, like, you see what I mean? Like do it right. If you're a subscriber and you're a fan and you were there for the update of the, of the green being your favorite color, buy the way like what a various array of content for a newsletter like you never know what you're gonna get with the on the j-lo newsletter like one day you could find out her favorite color is green which is information you've had since 2001 or you could find out that she's engaged to ben affleck like where's the in between there she keeps you on your toes that's why on the j-lo you like that inflection is successful it's successful no one knew it existed i'm actually in tears like what a weird promo for a newsletter like 
you know what? If you're going to use your engagement to promote one thing, like make it the biggest thing ever. You're going to do it to promote your newsletter where every other piece of content is just like what your favorite color is, like what you eat for breakfast. Well, I was just saying it was an interesting choice. That's why I... Even me, who like lives for this, is obsessed with this. I can't even express how much I love it. I was like, come on, this is not it. This is above you guys. You are so above this. You are Jennifer Lopez. You are an icon living and you are Ben Affleck, the hottest fucking guy I've ever seen in my entire life. Come on. (laughs) That's what J-Lo should say in her vows. Like me, an icon, you, the hottest guy Emma Diamond's ever seen in her life. (laughs) You know, like also a movie star. I forget about that. Wait, also just timeline-wise to make sure we're all on the same page. In November of 2002 is when they first get engaged, right? The Jenny from the Block music video was also that same month, that same year. So November 2002 is really the start of it all. September of 2003 is when the engagement is called off. So they had not been together since then, at least publicly. April of last year, April 30th of last year, was the first time that we saw them together. There was a photo of him going back and forth to her house. And that's when we kind of first had the idea. And then in March of this year, so about a month ago, is when they purchased that $50 million Bel Air home. So timeline-wise, it's about uh, obviously pretty much 20 years to the day. But in the last year, I mean, this all happened. The timeline of J-Lo and Ben is one of the craziest things I've ever seen, especially when you're putting it together and you are going through all of the dates. And what really got me is like April 15th, J-Lo and A-Rod officially split. April 30th, J-Lo is seen with Ben. Like, do you remember that quick turnaround of what you felt like when you saw those pictures for the first time? Both the shock of seeing them together and the shock of how soon after it was when you're still reeling with the shock of the Madison LaCroix to A-Rod and J-Lo breaking up pipeline? Oh, I remember it vividly. I wish I could go back and see what I said in terms of if I thought they were going to be endgame because I totally could have seen myself coming on here being like, okay, no, I'm going to sound really naive and like a super optimist. This is probably annoying, but like, I think this could be it for them. Like I totally could have seen myself saying that, in which case I would be happy that I held that belief. But yeah, I mean, that was the biggest realization that A-Rod was far less significant than we had ever thought because people moved on from that so quick. The second Ben entered the picture, there was no further shock about her and A-Rod not working out. It was like people forgot it even happened. Yeah, you know what's funny? Like I think about the A-Rod and J-Lo shock and it was definitely there because we were like, oh, like this is it for her. Like the way they blended their families, the way that it happened, like how natural it seemed for them to be together, how much he like clearly adored her when she was giving a performance and he was filming her. Like there were so many aspects there where you were like, oh, this is it for her. She finally got it right. And then the second that there was something a little bit off with A-Rod and he was being accused of cheating or some sort of a scandal, not one person was surprised. That's what I remember the most. It was like, yes, there was the shock of it being the end of J-Lo and A-Rod, but there was absolutely zero shock with like the association of what A-Rod had done or maybe done. Right. And I guess what it really goes to show is that the shift in his public perception moving towards more positive was not nearly as solidified as we maybe thought that it was. You know, for a while you thought, oh, this makes so much sense. Everyone was on cloud nine about their relationship. But the second that first rumor was released, everyone was like, yep, par for the course, which just goes to show that his image didn't go through maybe the rehab that we had thought it did. Right. That's exactly it. So let me ask you, like, we've clearly both decided that this engagement makes a lot of sense. We feel like, you know, they finally found their way back to each other. We're rooting for this couple, all of those things. 
do you think that they make it to the wedding this time? I am going to say yes, fully knowing there's a chance that I'm wrong and look stupid, but I'm going to say yes. I feel like a, a karmic uh, obligation to do so. One, I because I genuinely believe so, but also like if I was JLo, I would not want someone saying no. You know what? Like, let's just put the faith behind her and let go and let God. I, I am... <laughs> No, like the, the points we choose to like be religious is like only pop culture. I, my dad literally dragged me by my hair to Hebrew school for like 13 years. It was like he had to bribe me with McDonald's to go. And now on this episode, like everybody come like, oh, they're back together. Like, believe God. All he had to do was make Hebrew school about JLo and Ben Affleck. I would have been there every fucking Sunday, like with a ringing endorsement for that place. It's so true. I like kiss the mezuzah when I walk into my podcast room. <laughs> oh my God, this is too funny. Okay. Yes, I agree. Like, I, I think they're going to make it this time. The thing that makes me laugh is like the last time that they were going to get married, the day before, the literal day before was when they released that statement saying like, due to the media attention, we don't want to do it. We want to do our wedding on our own terms. We're can't, We're postponing. And then they ended up canceling it. Now it's like we're having a whole discussion about like, is there enough media attention behind this new engagement? If I was JLo and Ben, I'd be like, okay, we didn't say we wanted none. We just wanted like a little bit less. For the one time in the media's life, they respected the celebrities, which is too much. Imagine. Yes, that's exactly how I feel. I think we'll get a wedding here. You know what? If there is one thing I have to respect about JLo, it is her ability to not give a fuck what somebody is going to say. She clearly does not care at all. She does not let it impact her decision-making, her life in any way, shape, or form, and that is admirable. Because here's the thing. Anybody can say whatever they want, whether it's a troll online or it's like a massive publication releasing a lengthy article outlining all of her quote relationship failures. At the end of the day, when she goes to bed at night, she's still JLo. And I mean, what a more tangible example of literally saying, fuck the haters. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. 
So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. So first of all, they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences, and it's designed for long-term retention. Also, in terms of speech recognition, they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation and it's convenient. So desktop and app options with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You're getting lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. Okay, so I'm sure you all saw the photos by now. Brooklyn Beckham and Nicola Peltz got married this weekend. It was a $3.5 million ceremony, which took place at her family's estate in Palm Beach. For anybody that doesn't know, she comes from a very well-off family. I believe that they are billionaires, which is kind of crazy. The whole energy of this is very similar to when Nikki Hilton married James Rothschild, just in terms of the power of these two families coming together. Yes. And, great example. Right? Great. Yeah. Yes. I was trying. You know what? I'm so happy you said that because in my head, I was like, what's a really good comparison to this wedding? Sorry to interrupt, but that was such a good point. Yes. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm glad you thought so too. <laughs> so I'm sure you guys saw you have to look at these Vogue photos, but she wore this custom-made Valentino gown. He wore a Dior tux. The whole thing was just completely over the top. There were reportedly about 600 people there. Serena and Venus Williams, Mark Anthony was there. He also performed Eva Longoria, Nicole Richie, Tom Brady, Gordon Ramsay. I mean, you name it. A couple of the Spice Girls were there. It was just a whole thing. And of course, we saw little glimpses. You know, his brothers were his best men. They all gave speeches. Apparently, David gave a really heartfelt speech. But the reason that I found this to be so fun to witness, aside from the fact that just who doesn't like looking at beautiful things, is that if you remember when David and Victoria got married, it was back in 1999 and Brooklyn was four months at the time. So he was dressed in all white to match his parents, but their wedding was the event of the season. It was at this castle in Ireland. It was a massive affair. She had this gorgeous Vera Wang dress. There was a 20-foot train and a tiara, this like 18-carat gold tiara. I mean, if you remember at the time, obviously I was five years old, but as I got older and my love for pop culture intensified, I remember the Beckham wedding being one of the cornerstones of just understanding the extravagance of celebrities and celebrity weddings. And so for now, you know, 23 years later, their first son who was actually at their wedding to get married in an equally as lavish, if not more lavish ceremony to the woman of his dreams. It's it's just fun. If if nothing else, it is just fun to watch. Yeah, it was. And there was something about the wedding too that to me felt more socialite than celebrity, which I really enjoyed, like as an onlooker and and a lover of weddings. But I mean, the whole thing was just extravagant. And do you know the sweetest thing? Her maid of honor was her grandmother. Oh, I did not know that. That's that is really sweet. That's really, really sweet. sweet. 
I mean, he adores her. Like really, I don't know if you've followed them on Instagram. He's like an aspiring chef and devoted husband now. Like that's just become his brand. And I think that David Beckham, who clearly is such a family man as well, couldn't be happier to see that be the role that his son takes on. And the whole thing was just sweet. I feel like if you've been paying attention to this couple for a little while, you've kind of expected this wedding to go down the way that it did. But if you haven't been, I feel like you tuned in and you were like, what is going on in this like extravagant wedding of the season, which like, obviously, you know, you know, he comes from the Beckhams, but I don't think that you knew too much about her background. So to see them come together and really understand the dynamic of the two of them and the two families, it was like, oh, wow, this is a fucking event. Well, right, because actually technically not. I mean, this is a ridiculous thing to even say because they're both so above the scope of anything even remotely normal. But technically, he's the financial underdog in the situation. You know what I mean? Like he as the Beckham is actually the one coming into even more wealth, which is just wild. But I actually, I meant to say this and then I just saw that Victoria Beckham posted this. She wrote Beautiful Weekend Celebrating Brooklyn and Nicola. And then she said, so proud to have dressed some of my favorite ladies and best friends for the occasion. And she did a roundup of all of the guests that she dressed in Victoria Beckham. Because I read in one of the articles that it said something like, "The if you looked across the audience section, it looked very similar to that of a Victoria Beckham fashion show. And if you look, it's like Eva Longoria, Zana Rossi, Mark Anthony, you know, et cetera. So yes, very, very interesting. And honestly, uh, what a way to promote your line. For real, that's the best promo you could ever get. I totally agree. And also like, what a good act of friendship. Like if I was, you know, a friend coming to someone's wedding, I would wear their line. That's like the nicest thing that you could possibly do. I mean, and it's gorgeous. So it's a win-win. I mean, listen, if you were invited to Victoria Beckham's child 600 person wedding at this Palm Beach estate, like, oh, the least you can do. You know what I mean? She wants to dress you for free in custom Victoria Beckham. Yeah, I I think you're going to take that. The biggest piece of information, I think, from this that we didn't even mention is that he kind of took her last name and hyphenated with him. They're both Pelts Beckham now. Yeah, if you look at their handles immediately after the wedding, they were changed. So he's at Brooklyn Pelts Beckham and she's at Nicola Pelts Beckham. Very, very interesting. Yeah. Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you, honestly really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends, so I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. So you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. And the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code CELEBS. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood, where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. 
Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot Pet Insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. Okay, just three quick notes before the Kardashian recap. Number one, as I'm sure you all saw, it's kind of, I guess, old news at this point. Will Smith has been banned from attending the Oscars for 10 years, and he responded very briefly to that, saying, I accept and respect the Academy's decision. Second is that Jack Harlow's song, First Class, dropped on Friday, which I know we were talking about last week. And I would say that the reception was far less enthusiastic than anticipated. And I think that really came from the fact that the hook, which was the chorus that had been going viral, was just so strong. So comparatively speaking, the rest of the song kind of lacked. And then lastly, as we said in the beginning, yesterday, Billy Ray Cyrus and Tish Cyrus filed for divorce for the third time. So we'll see what happens with that. But just a few little things to keep you up to date. Do you have any comment on any of the above? I love that little news rundown and I loved you turning into a like a billboard music commentator. <laughs> so don't you think that's true though? That's exactly what happened. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly what happened. I mean, listen, the song is still doing well. It's, it'll probably go number one if I had to guess. But yeah, the, there was a lot of, I wouldn't say a lot of disappointment, but people hyped themselves up in a major way. You know what it reminded me of, which ended up not being the case in the end. But I remember when Justin Bieber did Tiny Desk and he sang Peaches for the first time, he sang it as that slow version and we loved it. And then when the song dropped, we're like, well, why is this so sped up? Like, this is not what we wanted. And then it grew on us and we were like thrilled with it in the end. And then it's gotten to the point now where when he performs the slow version, everyone's like, why does he think this song is Amazing Grace? But I kind of feel like something similar will happen with this Jack Harlow song where everyone will get over their initial disappointment of like what they had built up in their head and then they'll give it a couple of more listens and it'll it'll still end up kind of being the song of the summer. Yeah, I thought that it was good. I mean, it, it either way, everybody was going to listen just for pure curiosity. So it was going to do well regardless. I just think that the chorus happened to be incredible. There was just no way the rest of the song was going to live up to the the hype of that. But whatever, it, it was it was just funny to watch the TikTok reaction. And like I said, I still think it's going to do great. So it's no harm, no foul. And that Angus Cloud Nine line was was really the savior of it too. The sweet semen line. People did not like that as much as I thought. Like given the collective thirst for Jack Harlow on the internet, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, I would have thought that he basically makes a pineapple reference to making, I mean, just to say in very vulgar terms, sorry, like to make his cum taste good. And I thought people would eat that shit up. (laughs) I would literally eat that shit up. I was going to say a lot of unintended puns. And then everyone was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So I was like, okay, so the limit does exist. Yeah, apparently the limit does exist. I mean, not for me. Like, feel bad for you guys, though, if that's the case. I feel like it's the Hunger Games. It's like, I'm like, I'm still here. I wasn't, I love the song and I thought that was a great line. Next. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. Lot going on in the Kardashian world this week. Holy shit. Okay. 
as we know, the physical premiere was in LA last Thursday, April 7th. And like we had speculated and were correct, Pete was there. We thought that they were going to walk the red carpet together. I think our direct words were, he'll definitely be there. think he's going to walk the red carpet, but that's not a given. But him being there is 100%, which he was. So you saw Kim was in that silver latex gown. Her hair was up, the jewelry. I personally think it's the best she's ever looked. Like, Forget what you say about the dress, just in terms of the hairstyle, her face, the necklace. I thought she looked regal, honestly. And he is there as well in that black suit. I think something that was really funny is that people picked up on the fact that you could tell his suit was a little bit creased and it was so endearing and it was so like not quote perfect, which is so much what you associate the Kardashians with. And I think people really appreciated even such a small detail as him showing up with a slightly creased suit, almost that being representative of the contrast in their personalities and potentially some of, as Chloe called it, the simplicity that he brings to her life. I know it seems like a very minor detail to harp on, but I wanted to make sure I said that point before we got into anything else. You were totally just that TikTok audio that was like, and she's there and she looks beautiful and he's there. Like, (laughs) you know which one I'm talking about? That was totally you. But yeah, I loved people picking up on his suit being a little creased, but also him still looking so good. And again, like this was her night. This was about her. He was just there to support. And you could so clearly see that. So clearly see that. I mean, when those first photos came out of, I think the first one I saw was just their backs and it was like his hand on her lower back, not like a Courtney Travis situation, but just, you know, a a natural kind of as they were walking thing. And we were like, oh baby, it is happening. You know, it is really fucking happening. And it happened. I mean, and then obviously we get the John and Vinny's photo yesterday, but in terms of just some other things, Scott walked the carpet with this woman, Rebecca Donaldson. She's a 27 year old Scottish model. Her handle for anybody curious is at I am Rebecca D. And the last time I checked, she had about 50,000 followers. People are calling her his girlfriend. Who knows? They were spotted a few days before the premiere out together. So I'm not going to say it's his girlfriend. It could be, but but it's obviously somebody I guess he enjoys enough to know that she was going to be so photographed at, at an event this big. Right. Like he felt comfortable enough with her being there. The motivation was probably just him not wanting to show up alone, especially with Courtney and Travis and the news of that. But I mean, it's clearly somebody that he feels comfortable enough with to be spending the night with and have at this major event around his family and his kids, which is obviously so important to him despite anything going on with Courtney and Travis. So It'll be interesting to see where this relationship goes. And, you know, I'll point it out, 27, we're we're inching towards much more age appropriate, which we always love to see. Yeah, no, definitely uh, a big jump there age-wise. But in terms of just other things that I want to discuss from that night, it was really interesting because initially all the photos come in and we don't see Kendall and Kylie. And we find out Kendall apparently wasn't there because she wasn't feeling well. And then later, photos of Kylie do emerge, but they seemed... Just They were just clearly not taken at the same time that the rest of the photos of the family were taken. So people thought, did she have these photos taken in her studio and then kind of Photoshopped them in? It was later found out that she was there, but she just came later after the fact. So I don't really know exactly what went on there, but confirmed she wasn't there for the same amount of time that the rest of the family was and did not walk the carpet in the same way. And if you want my honest thoughts about the deal, I don't, I can't tell you logistically exactly what happened, like whether these photos were taken after the fact when no one was there or in her studio, I don't know. But if you want my belief on the reasoning, and it sucks to say this, I hate that she feels this way. I hate that any person would ever feel this way. Any woman would ever feel this way. But I believe that it comes from 
the fact that she feels a lot of societal pressure about her postpartum body. And I think this would have been one of her first major appearances in like, quote, tightly fitting clothing. And I think that she wanted to be in full control of all the images. And I hate that for her. Like, I hate that she just did the most miraculous thing, delivering a child. And that's her focus. And I know I'm putting words in her mouth, but I, I really, I really think that that's where this came from in terms of her not getting, you know, the same photos with everyone else. Yeah, that is really interesting. I actually hadn't thought about that, but I think that you're definitely onto something there. I mean, here's the thing. People are fucking brutal. Like the media is brutal. Fans are brutal. People on the internet are brutal. If you saw recently at True's birthday, Kylie was in the background of an Instagram story for like two seconds holding Stormy. And that snippet of her went viral of people writing like, Kylie's real post-pregnancy body. So in terms of what she has to deal with from the media and the public, like I understand her wanting to get on top of that to anticipate what the criticism is going to be and wanting to cut out the middleman, wanting to cut that out right away so she just doesn't have to deal with that negativity. The one thing that I will say is that Kylie did put up a series of Instagram stories where she spoke about her struggles with her postpartum and struggles with not wanting to bounce back right away and and giving herself the grace of not doing so. And that was received so well. Like people were so happy to hear her say that and so relieved. So I think, and again, we don't know that this is the reason that she didn't walk the red carpet, but if it is for her to walk the red carpet, maybe not in her, what she wanted her body to be fully back to would have been really powerful for, I think, a lot of women that had connected with that story. Yeah. Again, I mean, everything here is just speculation. Who knows? It's just, it simultaneously makes me so mad that women have to deal with this in general. It makes me so sad that the cruel nature of the conversation is so paralyzing to the point where she would take such drastic measures to avoid it. And then the third aspect of it all, which is probably the saddest, is that like, I understand like as much as of course, everything inside of me is like, are you kidding me? You just had a child that is beautiful. No matter what your body looks like, there's no pressure to bounce back. Like that's all the stuff that I totally believe. But then if I'm her, I get it. Like, I don't know if I was in her position and you never know until you are like, if I could be strong enough to want to actually give the message that I find to be so powerful in the form of me saying, fuck it. I would hope that I would, but I don't know if I would because on my small, small, small level, which is no fame, no pregnancy and no photos, I already find myself at times, you know, being self-conscious about little things in terms of like, I'm going to this event. I want to make sure that this looks okay, that that looks okay. So I think it's hard for me to even try to visualize it because the scope is so massive that, yeah, in theory, it would be beautiful if that message that she has expressed, if that, if that could then, you know, live itself out through how she chooses to show off her body. I don't know if I'm making sense. It makes sense in my head, but like, I fucking get it. It sucks. It sucks that this is the world that we live in, but it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's so hard. No. Oh my God. Of course I get it. And like that point of like, neither of us have ever been pregnant. So we don't know what it's like. And we don't know what it's like to be in the public eye is like the truest point. I mean, I can't imagine what that feels like. So yeah, I of course get it. And I of course understand. And if that was Kylie's decision, like I have so much sympathy for that being the reason why. I also think with Kylie though, um, there is this expectation there that she's not going to show up to events. And so this definitely didn't work in her favor, whether there was a reason or not. Right. Exactly. It's funny. Like, even though she is so famous, if we're ranking the family members, she's probably the second most famous after Kim. 
it still was probably the least surprising if she would have never come between her and Kendall. You know, like there is just a definite difference in terms of the way the public perceives the Kardashians and the Jenners as it applies to their willingness to like show up in these types of situations. So even though it was a really big deal, it didn't even feel that shocking. And I have to say, like, the show has always been about the older ones at the end of the day. Like, it's always been more about Courtney, Kim, and Chloe and Chris. And Kylie and Kendall kind of act as more side characters who obviously have a very involved role, but there it was never the level of appreciation for the show that the older ones had or level of devotion for the show. And that's understandable. They never had a choice, really. It started when they were 12 and 13, maybe even younger, maybe 10 and 11. And so they've always been very clear about that. So I don't think the absence of Kylie and Kendall really changed much about the excitement of the premiere or the excitement of the show. Yes, completely, which is honestly crazy, but it's actually so true. You know what an absence at the premiere was that I fully welcomed, though? Hmm. Kim's gloves. So happy to see her hands again. So happy to see your hands again. So happy for this look. I just, I wanted this. No sunglasses, you know, like the hair out. Just, yes, this is, thank you. Thank you for this. Yes, thank you is right. That's exactly how I feel. Also, there are a lot of clips coming out from various little interviews they've done. And we kind of compiled a list of some of the best ones overall. So there was a game that they were playing. I forget if it was on Access Hollywood or Entertainment Tonight or Entertainment Weekly. There was a bunch of different ones that they did. And they were saying who's most likely to have as many kids as Chris. And they had to hold up photos of themselves. And Kim held up a photo of herself and either Courtney or Kylie, but she was one of them. So, which goes to show, I mean, she has four right now. Chris has six. So that was kind of a subtle nod to saying she'd be down to have more children, which as we talked about last week, would have been very surprising to me because I know she said in the past that four was absolutely her limit and Kanye wanted more. Obviously, it then begs the question, like, is that a Kanye specific thing? I don't know. Not even necessarily something we need to get into, but interesting moment to note. Courtney also said that ideally she would like to have two more kids with Travis. Kim was talking about Pete's family saying that, you know, she hopes that they like her and that they're all so sweet. She talked about his grandparents. Kylie saying that they hadn't settled on a name yet for the baby and saying that they're not going to share it until it's legally official. And those, I think, were some of the biggest takeaways just from those little clips. You know, they were like eight-minute clips released from various news outlets. Yeah, I mean, we didn't get an overwhelming amount of information, but I felt like we got some pretty good insight. I mean, Kim saying that she hopes that Pete's family likes her, like that was such a sweet moment to me. It's like you're Kim Kardashian and you are still thinking like, oh, I hope my boyfriend's family likes me. Like that was just adorable to hear to me. But also like it's fun watching them do press for the show because obviously when you're used to people doing press for their movies and their TV shows, so much of the conversation is about you know, the movie that they're working on and what they expect to see in the movie. The information about what we can expect to see on their show is exactly the information we want. It's just about their lives. Every time a celebrity does an interview, we're like, okay, enough about the movie that you're working on. Like, that's great for you and all, but like, we don't actually care. We just want to hear what's going on in your life. Like, that's all we're getting with them. So even if it's not a wealth of information, it's still just fun to hear their insights, watch their little interactions with with each other, talk about what we can expect on the show because it's all things that we want to see. Yeah. Oh, exactly. I mean, that's why there's no such thing as like a, a, as far as I'm concerned, I know a lot of people don't feel this way. To me, it's like, there's no boring clip because I just, I don't know. I'm just interested. (laughs) I'm just like perpetually interested. 
Right. And for me, it's more about like the little comments they make to each other and like the facial expressions than anything else. Because something you realize also when you watch these interviews is like, there is no one better media trained. Like they are so goddamn media trained, but every so often they have these moments where they like almost break character. Like I think when Courtney was saying that she wanted to have two more kids and Chloe like made a comment Courtney was like, what? And Chloe was like, I don't know. It's just like a lot of kids. Like, it's just a lot. And they're like, yeah, that's how many Chris has though. And she's like, I know, but mom's crazy. Like, those are the moments that I live for. Well, and also, I mean, maybe this isn't true. Maybe I'm picking up on something that's not there. As far as I'm concerned, the most noticeable energy that was not named was Kim's, frustration is the wrong word, but almost like just Kim's not loving Courtney at the moment. I don't I don't know if that's true, if that's real, if I'm making up something that wasn't there. I just felt like Kim was not not vibing with her that much. <laughs> we felt like that a lot in the past couple of years. And it definitely comes out in interviews. If there's one thing about Kim, she's not the best at controlling her facial expressions, which I, I can understand. Well, I just think specifically as it applies to Courtney, though. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that's when it comes out the most, definitely. Yeah. I don't know. And sometimes with Kylie. You're saying with things that Kim Kim will react to about Kylie? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's like everybody, honestly, but Chris and Chloe. I mean, Chloe is her person. Chloe can say anything. And I think Kim will just like, I don't even think Kim wants to react because I think that's how she feels about Chloe right now. Mm-hmm. I think so too. I think so too. Also, when they were doing who's the most frugal, they all held up Kendall. But did you see that for a second, uh, Kim held up Courtney? Yes. Yeah. And Kendall didn't know what frugal meant. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that. <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to mention? I'm trying to think. I feel like we did. We got so much. But I mean, no, everything is just, I'm loving the information that's coming out. The tiny glimpses of everything are just fueling me. Satan in a Staten Island hat, Pete and Scott at the premiere, which was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Like all of these little pieces of information ahead of the show is just everything I could want and more. It's amazing. It is incredible. And I, I am so happy. The other thing that I just wanted to mention is obviously Kim was on the Not Skinny But Not Fat podcast with Amanda Hirsch, but dropped at midnight. So we obviously haven't been able to listen to it yet before we are recording this. But I just feel compelled to say this. I obviously said it to Amanda separately. Like, I know technically we are both, you know, pop culture commentators and we were getting a lot of DMs of people being so excited, but then also wondering if like we were feeling a sense of jealousy or anger. And I want to make this point so, so, so clear. And I think it's important just as women in this field in general. Like I speak for me, Julie and Isabel, when I say there is not an ounce of anything other than pure happiness for Amanda for this moment. And I honestly, honestly mean that. Like rising tides rise all ships. How cool is it that Kim Kardashian was on her podcast? That is fucking incredible. And I, not only am I so happy for her, but like, I'm happy for all of us because one, we're going to get great insight and two, like, it's a cool thing that Kim decided to do. And I just, I really am firm in completely dispelling this narrative that women in the same field feel a sense of competition or inherently do. It's not the case. And I think that if we can all really internalize the mindset of like, there's enough for all of us, we can all do it that we will be so much happier. And I just want that point to be known. Like we are so excited and so happy and freaking out like everyone else is. And like, we're not concerned. You know what I mean? It's it's not, it's not a competition. So I just want to make that point clear. 
Yeah, I think that was a really important point to make. And also, like, we're just so happy for her. Like, how fucking exciting that this is the case, especially for Kim, who does things like this so rarely. It's just, it's really amazing. And I could not be more excited for Amanda. And I couldn't be more excited to listen. Wow, I can't wait to listen. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, well, we love you guys. And uh, if you got this far, thanks for listening. Definitely a longer episode than normal, but that's good. Content dictates length and there was a lot of content today. So we love you. And uh, I guess we'll see you on Friday because we're going to do the episode recap. So we'll have to post that on Friday. So Isabel and I will see you for Bravo and then we'll see you on Friday for Kardashians. 